And so today we are going to be looking uh, at the birth story of Jesus. And we're going to be looking at how hope, peace, joy, and love are reflected within that story. So first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at peace. And as we do that, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. And we're going to look specifically at Mary, the peace that was granted, granted to Mary. Those verses say, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary had a question, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Overshadow you. One of these days I'm going to learn to speak. So the Holy One will be born. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now I want you to imagine this young girl. I want you to imagine Mary's situation here. Now, most people seem to think that Mary was about 13 years of age when she was married and when she became pregnant with Jesus, which would have been completely normal for that day and age, just so everybody knows. There was no, like, creepiness going on whatsoever. And Mary was freshly betrothed to be married. Now, in this day and age, they weren't quite technically married, but legally they were bind together to where that if they were to separate, it would, it would be a divorce. It would have to be a legal process of separation. Now here's Mary. She's away from her husband. She's visiting a relative. She's off in another town. And, 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 and this angel comes to her and says, hey, you're going to have a baby. Now, Mary's had the birds and bees talks with her family, okay, with her parents. Like, she knows how it works. She's saying, hey, I'm a virgin, so can't have a baby. And the angel's like, no, listen, this is, this is going to be from God. This is a good thing. But you have to put your, 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 your mind in, in where she would be at at this time and how scary that this would have had to been for her. First of all, she hasn't gone through like the honeymoon phase of her relationship. She's never had intercourse with a man. She's never spent one-on-one -on -one time. Her and Joseph wouldn't at this point have even lived together regularly yet. And so she's, she's in a brand new relationship, getting ready to start her life, getting ready to, to have everything out in front of her which probably would have been kids in not that long a time from this point anyways. But this is scary because she's going to have a child and she knows she hasn't been with her husband. And, and what's her husband going to think? Because, hey, he knows and she knows both. They, they didn't do anything, so they have this kid. He's going to leave her. And, and, and how is this going to be? And all this in her mind, she's worried about it. And, and the angel says, hey, don't worry. This is of God. This is of God. So I want you to have peace in this. I want you to be okay with this because this is God. He's bestowing a gift upon you because you are highly favored and you're, you're going to raise God's son. Can you imagine being told that you are going to raise God's son? At the age of 13, an angel comes to you and says, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be the son of God. Are you not just freaking out a little bit? 
Because I'm freaking out a whole lot. Like, I'm like, uh-uh, no way. I don't think so. Not for me. But listen to her answer. Listen to her answer. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You see, Mary finds a way to be okay with that. Mary finds a way to be okay with life-changing, earth-shattering news. Why? Because she was gifted peace from God. Gifted peace from God. Now let's look at Joseph's perspective. That's in Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. We have a lot of scripture today. I'm going to read a lot. I hope you don't mind scripture. If you do, talk to God about it, not me. Just saying. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the, to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. See, I want you to picture this. Now Mary is coming back from visiting a relative, right? And like a long way off, she's coming in and here's Joseph. And he's like, is that, is that Mary? Like, is that, what's going on? And like she turns to the side to say something to somebody and he sees and he's, What? what is this? And so she's walking in and like there's this awkward conversation coming and she's like, hey, I've got something to tell you. And Joseph's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, you've got something to tell me. What's going on? See, because Joseph knows too that nothing happened. And in order to have a baby, something has to happen. So if she has a baby in her stomach and he wasn't there, then it was somebody else. Like how I put that all together for you? You're welcome. (laughs) And so in Joseph's mind, he's saying, well, I can't have this. I can't have this. Mary's brought shame on my family. She's brought shame on me. She's embarrassed me. Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? But Joseph's still loving Mary, still being a person who had great respect for her and, and not wanting to embarrass her, not wanting to cause her harm because she could have been stoned for this. He says, hey, I'm going to do this quietly. So I'm going to do this as quietly as possible. We'll, we'll divorce. We'll go our separate ways. And I wish her the best, but I cannot start off a marriage like this. And clearly she was unfaithful, and, and I just, I can't do it. But then the angel comes to him and says, listen, this situation that you definitely did not want, it's from God. It's from God, and you can be okay with this. And you should take Mary as your wife, because she is everything that you thought she was. She's a woman of her word. She's a godly woman. She, she's actually been blessed by God. This angel, it was, this baby was conceived through the Holy Spirit, and, and, and she didn't do anything to disgrace you. She didn't do anything to go against you. And he wakes up from the dream, and he takes her home to be his wife. Now, what does all this have to do with you and me? See, at times in our lives, we find ourselves in situations that we do not want to be. In fact, we find ourselves in situations where we would rather be anywhere else. And there are things that happen to us along our journey and there are, there are times where we, we just 
don't see how we're supposed to go on. And God changes everything and can change everything for us in that instant and can take something that we say, hey, this is not good, this is not what I wanted, and God can give us peace and allow us to handle it and allow us to walk forward in those circumstances and, and, and to be a blessing to those around us and to, to still remain in, in good relationship with God. I know that we all have things that, that we, we look at that we say, I don't like that, but maybe I can find peace in this. I think about the situation I'm talking to. I'm not going to go into it, but we, we look back at the way that Cordelia's birth took place. And for those of you that don't know, there's a few she was born to in it months early. And it, the whole situation was scary. And Jericho almost died. And she almost died. And she was in the NICU for a month. And listen, I did not want that situation. That was not how Jericho and I pictured bringing our first child into the world. I did not expect to possibly be widowed at 20-whatever I was, 22. Six minus 28, which is my age, 22. I can do math. I teach kids. I didn't didn't expect to be a widow at that age or even have the possibility of of that taking place. And I did not like that situation. And, And it took a year, maybe two, for us to fully wrap our heads around everything that happened and, and, and to come to peace with it. But you know, the only way we received peace with that situation was by relying on God. By relying on God. Because time after time, we had to tell one another, listen, we can control what we can control and the rest of it, we have to give up to God. There are things in your life that you cannot handle on your own. And guess what? You're not meant to. You're not meant to. But if you rely on God, God can supply for you a peace that is godly that you will not receive without him and he can help take you forward in life and he can help lead you to a place where hey this still isn't how I want it but I can have peace with this because I know that God is on my side joy so Mary and Joseph they stuck together and and going to Bethlehem to to be counted in the census and that's where they had to go and, and, and listen, here comes baby Jesus and he's born. He's born on a road trip. Put your, now, I'm putting this in our perspective, so think about this. You're on a road trip, which, I mean, why would anybody travel that close to having a baby? But hey, whatever, and do, you do you, as the kids say. Uh, you're on a road trip. Yeah, I might floss right now, Jared. I'm just kidding. You're on a road trip and here it's time, like this baby is being born. You're like, great. And you find yourself in this town that doesn't have a hospital. I mean, no towns in this day were really hospitals. They had kids at home, but I'm just saying. No hospital for us, right? And you can't find anywhere to deliver this baby except for a barn with a bunch of livestock in it. And so this is the situation they're faced with. Like, things have not gotten off to a great start for them. Things have not gotten off to a great start for them, and now this. Luke, 8, or Luke 2, 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. And this is what takes place after the baby's been born. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord had shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the part of the story that always makes me smile. Because God was one proud papa. Like he could not wait to bust out of the delivery room and say, y'all need to see my boy. Y'all need to see my boy. And he comes out and he, he goes to the shepherds. And th- this in and of itself is it like a sermon all by itself. But he goes to the shepherds, the lowliest of society, and they get to be the first ones to hear this good news. And the, the light shines and the angel comes and they are terrified. Right, and he tells them this good news. Hey, a Savior's been born to you, and he's going to be in this manger, and you're going to find him there. And I want you to picture the angels just, heavenly hosts. Like, you're sitting there in a field, cracking jokes, watching sheep, doing whatever it is the shepherds did, and then angel. Like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is it. We're in trouble. Heavenly hosts come around, and listen, I don't think it was monotone. I don't think it was... Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those in whom his favor rests. Like, I'm thinking that they were jacked. They were excited. Like, high fives, the flying chest bump that you see on, in sports games and everything. Like, they were pumped. Christ has arrived. Glory to God in the highest heaven. This is for you guys. Like, you don't even know what's about to happen to you. They, they were so excited about what was taking place. I think it's so interesting that the shepherds go. They leave their flock. That's not something a shepherd does. They leave their flock to go check out what had just been told to them. That's how real this was. That's how persuasive this was. That's, that, that's how much they yearned to find this child, this baby. And what's significant about this baby? It's going to be wrapped in clothes. It's going to be in a barn. And yet they leave their post to, 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 to go find this baby and everything that's been said to them is true. And now they're telling everyone. They are telling everyone. Here's the thing. I think that God celebrates with that same joy. Looks at you, looks at others, all of us, and says, look at my son, look at my daughter, every time one of us joins the family. I think that the heavens rejoice every time a new soul joins the kingdom. Every time. Every time. God is that excited to have you in the fold. God's that excited to have other people join the family as well. That tells me a couple things here. One, it tells me that that I'm valued by God. And you're valued by God. That's mind-blowing. God's excited about having us. That tells me also that it's my job to tell everyone I know. Because God's going to be just as excited to have them. And here's another thing that we hear in this story that we all need to grasp and understand. We've seen it in both passages that we've read. God's word is always fulfilled. God's word is always fulfilled. He makes a promise to you, it's going to happen. May not happen in your time frame. May not happen exactly when you want it to happen. But if God makes a promise to you, that promise is going to be fulfilled.
100% of the time. And so God delivered this message to the shepherds and, and they found him. And here's the thing. When, when God makes us a promise and that promise is fulfilled, it's one thing to be happy about it and to smile and to think, God, I remember you saying that would happen. But that should inspire us to tell everyone. God said that he would do this thing in my life and he did it. You have to hear this. That's evangelism. That's bringing others into the folds of the family. That's bringing others into the kingdom. That's, that's bringing others into the celebration that is. That's joy. That's joy. Hope. Hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of hope for so many, just as it should be for you, just as it is for me, just as it should be for everyone. But for one man in particular, this was a special promise that was fulfilled. And that man's name was Simeon. Luke chapter 2, 25-32. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was custom of the, the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Again, another reminder that God keeps his promises. Mary and Joseph carrying their baby into the temple courts. Old man comes up, grabs him. Like today, there's smackdown happening. Like we're fighting. I don't know what you just did. You don't grab my child. Simeon comes in and, and, and he recognizes the Holy Spirit allows him to see that this child, this little child is the fulfillment of the promise that was given to him by God. That before he died, he would see the salvation that he so longed for. Simeon's words here, a proclamation of the hope found in Jesus because in Jesus he recognized that salvation has come. You see, in Jesus, our future rests. That's for everyone. All of us, our future is dictated by our relationship with Jesus. See, the ultimate hope for our future, it, it rests in the fact that Jesus gives life. The fact that Jesus gives life. But this life received through Jesus, see, it doesn't take place without death. It doesn't take place without death. The death of Jesus, the death of ourselves, and quite frankly, this brings me to love. Love. John fifteen thirteen tells us that there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. It does not escape me that Jesus entered this world to die. Now, I'm not saying that that's all Jesus accomplished because in his 33 years of life, he did a lot. He did a lot. But Jesus entered this world for the sole purpose of dying. For you. For me. For everyone. 
It's part of the reason why God revealed his son first to the shepherds to say that this baby, this is for everyone. And if there's no greater love than sacrificing yourself for a friend, can you imagine sacrificing yourself for enemies, for sinners, for people who hate you? And isn't it magnificent? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it mind-changing to think that even though that's earnestly what we were, Jesus still counted us as friends? Enough to say, God, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing to me. How many times has someone mistreated you and your first inclination was to say, God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing to me right now? My first inclination is, God, protect them because I'm about to break them in half. Right? That, to me, is more of a natural feeling than God forgive them because they just don't know what's happening. They don't know what they're doing. From day one, he was set to die. Like he was no better than cattle. John 3.16 But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, this is the culmination of Christmas. That's the culmination of Christmas. And it embodies peace, it embodies joy, it embodies hope, and it embodies love. The fact that Jesus was born to die for you. And yes, we celebrate his birth, but we celebrate his birth because we know why he was born. We know why he was born. So this season, as you come together with family and friends, don't let that escape you. That Jesus was born and lived and walked this earth and died for you so that you could be with him in glory one day, so that you could be part of the family, so that you could have the heavenly host celebrate you coming into the fold. I find that to be an amazing thing. Are we sharing that with everyone that we know? Because, see, step one is experiencing peace and joy and hope and love. And step two is not being able to shut up about it. And as a church, as Crosspoint, I think our next step, our next improvement is in, evan- in, in evangelism. We have to be inviting people to share in this experience. It's the most important job that any of us will ever have. Absolutely, 100%, without any doubts. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for the gift that Jesus is in our lives. The fact that you sent your son to be born in a world that would end up hating him enough to, to kill him on a cross for thinking differently than them. But God, Jesus was brought to this earth to, to perish and, and to die for sinners and for people who didn't understand who he was. And through his life, through an, a, a relationship with him, we can experience peace and joy and hope and love in ways that, quite frankly, we have never imagined. 
God, my prayer is for each and every person here in this room today that they experience that relationship with you and that they share that relationship that they have with everyone else around them. Help us to see all these things and what you've done for us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.